Brody and Eric, Super Sports Show. <laughs> Good evening, Wildcats. It is currently 5 p.m. and a warm 85 degrees. Oh. <laughs> 85 degrees on this fine Monday, October 22nd here in Tucson, Arizona. Welcome to Brody and Eric's Super Sports Radio Show here on 1570 AM Camp Student Radio and to all those listening online at camp.arizona.edu as well as any of our podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Brody Dryden, here alongside my partner in crime, Eric Wong. Good afternoon, Wildcats and Brody. That 85 degrees, it just cuts me to my core. That is 16 degrees, way too hot. But good afternoon, Wildcats. It's great to be back here with you guys this fine week. A lot to talk about. A lot of experiences we shared this weekend went back and forth, different across state lines uh, to a disappointing surprise. But we're back better than ever in the good old 520. So let's dive right in, Brody. All right. Like you said, let's dive right into our experiences. Arizona against UCLA. We were both at the Rose Bowl. Oh, we were. It made the, the quest yes, to Los Angeles. The trek. It was quite the snafu of a weekend, it was, I, yeah. I might have to say. Ran um, into a couple of them. Yeah. But. Now, let's start off, Brody. You know, mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, UCLA, they play in the legendary Rose Bowl, yeah. on, <laughs> for which the game is named after. Uh-huh. Great venue. Um, but, you know, never been and I always thought it was overrated. You know how great could the stadium be? You know, yeah. hosted a lot of hosted a lot of um, epic games. But how great you know is the stadium? Really, it was breathtaking, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you walk through tunnels and you are surprised with just how massive it is. Um, I would say it's a good ten thousand uh, people um, bigger than the U of A. You know, the UCLA stadium is like twelve to thirteen. Uh huh, but the U of A stadium is like seven, eh. so you know <laughs> if you're picking up what I'm putting oh, down. Oh, okay. I I disagree with you. Oh, I, really? I I I I blatantly disagree with you. I thought the I was like, oh my goodness, the Rose Bowl. This is a historic venue. So many legendary things have gone down here. I walk in. This crap hole looks like a, <laughs> a like a, I'm just kidding. It was not a crap hole. It was a good stadium and all. But I really, you know, the the only thing that was cool about it to me was like the historic events. I like things that have happened to it in the past. You know, just how, how long it's been there. The outside where it says like Rose Bowl with the little rose. It's like oh, yeah. almost like a neon. I don't know. I don't think it's yeah. a neon sign, but like it lights up and stuff. That was cool. That was yeah. a really cool. Parts of me, their concourse area was also really cool. It's like outside the stadium. Yeah, and then they're tailgating. Yeah. Oh, they're tailgate, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) From what I can recall, we were on a beautiful golf course tailgating, having a great time, shooting the breeze, Mm -hmm. discussing uh, hot topics with UCLA fans. Discussing our differences. Yeah, discussing our differences in the most respectful manner. Yes, Uh, always respectful. Always respectful. But really, really, truly just an amazing venue. Mm -hmm. I was a fan. It made me not jealous because I think the atmosphere we have here on the U of A campus every uh, week is something to admire. But it was just a nice little change of pace. Really, really credit, though, to not the UCLA team, but to the UCLA ground staff for keeping <laughs> that um, and I, I would venue like, so well kept. I, I would like to uh, share a highlight of my uh, my time at the Rose Bowl was Bob, oh, the yes. security guard, was just gassing me up oh, all night. Oh, it's like crazy. Every time... <laughs> We walked through. He was like the guy that made sure our seats were our seats. You know, he's one of the ushers at the stadium. And he he said, the code word to get back in is, hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. And all we had to do was say, hi, Bob. He said, he asked me what my name was when, you know, he said I looked collegiate. He he was gassing me up. He really was. I I, I really, so shout out to Bob. I know you're not listening (laughs) out there, but like. My goodness, uh, Rose Bowl has a has a great staff for the visiting 
uh, section. Yeah, their fans are crap, though. Yeah, they really are. They were blatantly disrespectful Very to us, who were the most respectful fans. Who could <laughs> oh, we never engaged in any disgruntled behavior, but no. they were trying to get us to. Yes, but let's dive into the game itself enough with the uh, lollygagging about the stadium. But and the we, terrible fans. Yes, but we lost the game. Arizona took the L by one point. It was one point. It was that a separated. heartbreaker, is what it was. It sure was a heartbreaker. The UCLA Bruins scored thirty-one. The Wildcats could only put up. 30, led by Rhett Rodriguez, um, who was obviously named the starter last week by head coach Kevin Sumlin after, um, you know, uh, Khalil Tate was taken out due to an ankle injury. How, how would you rate Rhett Rod's uh, performance oh, this honestly, week? Honestly, you know, it's tough for me to say because on the one hand, he is a third-string quarterback, so where does your, you know, your expectation kind of have to taper off? But on mm-hmm. the other hand, you know, he's still a Division One athlete, you know, still, you know, being – given a scholarship to go to the school for free when his family could very obviously afford it. So it's very difficult for me to say. So let me just give you the stats on Rhett Rod. He was 15 for 34, 231 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Yep. So by no means a bad game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think knowing how close we were, um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the games, and really you'll see how close we were, but really – Based on Rhett Rod's performance, I have to give it just an average, like a C, like an average performance. Mm-hmm. He didn't win us the game, but he also didn't lose us the game, just average. Yeah, I, I, I'd probably agree with you on that. Those two interceptions, you know, we were kind of um, touting him last week for yeah. not throwing a single one um, in the, the big loss against Utah. But uh, those interceptions were kind of big, and, you know, they weren't um, the worst throws, I don't think. You know, like they were. The, yeah, the, one of them was a tip ball that was yeah, just kind of like, yeah. Yeah, they were a little bit just like unlucky. They weren't just the most unprofessional um, throws you could see, especially from a third string quarterback. So I'd probably agree with you. I'd, I'd actually give him, considering Rhett Rod's expectations, I'll give him the C. Really? Just, just putting 30. Obviously, J.J. Taylor got a touchdown on the ground, but, you know, getting us 30. Um, 30 points on the board in, you know, a historic venue like Rose Bowl as his first uh, starting job. Yeah. Um, I'll give Rhett Rod the C-plus, but obviously yeah. um, it wasn't any higher because it was a, a disappointing loss yeah. to a 1-5 in five team. So let's now talk about, though, what could have given us the win. Early in the second quarter, I believe, mm-hmm. um, we get a nice rip-off run. Big hole. J.J. Yep. Taylor busts it absolutely and gets through. Literally, at like the five-yard line, the ball gets punched out, yeah. and UCLA recovers it for a touchback. Yeah. And that just killed me. And like, that was you a know, I, I already knew, like, with how we were, we needed every point we can get. And, mm-hmm. you know, seven points, I would have won us the game. And it would have been a big momentum swing because, really, it was seven not- – I mean, it was – no, it was seven-seven. I mm-hmm. believe. And we were getting momentum. They punched it out, obviously. So then they went down and actually scored um, a field goal, making it 10-7. We were able to come back at the lead. But just imagine if we were up 14-0 um, or 14-7 over those guys, Yeah, how big. Um, and I think that could have won us the game easily. But, you know, don't worry about what could have been. It was just like, come on. That's like the difference yeah. I really saw yeah. between an NFL back and a college back. Yeah. First of all, NFL backs aren't getting chased down from behind. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if they are, they're not, you know. You're carrying the ball like a loaf of bread. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I'd expect, you know, J.J. Taylor, he, he should be playing his heart out um, right now, especially after a, a few disappointing weeks. You know, he obviously had that great game against Oregon State, but that was Oregon State, you you I you know you'd think his his mindset is just like getting to the end zone, but yeah. Uh, yeah, carrying the ball like a loaf of bread is not um, the way to go. Gary Brightwell did not you know he obviously didn't score 
this game, but Gary Brightwell picked up um, 121 yards, had the same um, average as J.J. Taylor at 8.1 yards per carry on um, a few less uh, carries, had that 72-yard uh, um, run as well, which was really awesome to see. Uh, so shout-out to Gary Brightwell. I know we are giving him some um, love last week. But on the other side of the ball, um, they UCLA did kind of what, what was – I thought was smart. They, you know, they did the two quarterbacks. I thought mm-hmm. um, Kevin Sumlin should take that approach with this game, doing Rhett Rod and Jamari Joyner yeah. uh, a little bit. And they did, uh, you know, spite. Uh, UCLA did spite. And then Thomas Robinson kind of switched it up. Uh, you know, putting Thomas Robinson, he got that one touchdown. He's kind of like that little X factor. If they wouldn't have done that, then they wouldn't have won the game. So mm-hmm. I, I think um, I would kind of wish Sumlin would have picked up on that. You know, Rhett Rod obviously had his struggles maybe showing – um, Joiner uh, the ball a little bit as well. I agree. It's just it's just hard. Honestly, even though we still gave up 31 points, I don't hate our defense because you know they did an okay job, mm-hmm. all things considered. But really, really tough win for the a loss for the Cats. So now let's kind of break down what the season's looking like right now, oh, which is uh, dire. Yeah, maybe if you're not trying to be depressed for the rest of the night, you quickly come back to us in a moment but it's like we're in the Oregon Trail computer game if yeah. I could put this into a metaphor and like uh, like half of our passengers have like died <laughs> yeah. of leukemia or whatever whatever they <laughs> yeah we are Oregon currently trail. the worst trail head of all time yeah <laughs> but so we've got our loss to BYU in Houston finally picking our win by uh against Southern Utah Oregon State one of that nice run lost to USC to be expected then got that sort of somewhat upset win over Cal at yep. home um, and then ever since then, you know, we thought Utah hopefully, nope, got crushed. And then this UCLA, a real, real heartbreaker. So right now we are sitting at 3-5, three and 3-5, five. Three and five, only one game better than UCLA. Um, and so 3-5, and five, we have Oregon, number 19 Oregon, coming in to us this week. So happy homecoming, folks. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, just to keep it real, we're looking at, what, 3-6. and six, mm-hmm. Colora- Yeah, we're going to get cream. Colorado, at Colorado. No, that, we're at home, home against Colorado. But still, Colorado, quality game. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a loss. Yeah. 3-7. and seven. Fort, Number 14, Washington State. Who would have thought Washington that? Washington State's killing it this year. Yeah. That's a loss. Even And that's at Washington State. I mean, yeah. that would be one heck of an upset. But... Uh, so yeah, yeah. It looks like the only we're not making a bowl game. No, the only I, redeeming quality I can see coming out of Kevin Sumlin's first season is a win in the territorial. That's cup. yeah, home territorial cup first one. That's what we're shooting for, folks. I we don't mean to sound like depressed d bags out here, but, <laughs> but if you just kind of look at our schedule, it's the realistic approach. Yeah, we've got two ranked teams in Colorado, who is by all accounts either them or USC is playing in the uh, Pac-12 South. Uh, like representing the Pac-12 South in the in the championship, yep. so it's just not looking too good. But mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully ASU will be that redeeming win for us. What do you think about that, Brody? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Arizona State—they've had a somewhat similar um, season to us, <coughs> three and four. They obviously had that hot start mm-hmm. um, to uh, begin the season, but <coughs> man, who we were laughing at ASU hiring Herm Edwards, yeah. and obviously he hasn't excelled. Um, but he's doing as good as Kevin Sumlin. Exactly. Uh, one win better. And right now ESPN is giving ASU the 57% chance to win um, against us at yeah. home. So that it'll it'll be a tough matchup. But like every year, um, the Territorial, ter- Territorial Cup um, is always kind of a toss-up. 
Um, yeah, music have you reserved your ticket, Brody? I have reserved my I'm, ticket. I'm pretty sure. I think I reserved it so long ago that I forgot that I reserved it. Really? But I'm pretty sure okay. that I reserved it. Because it's on the basketball website. The, yeah. yeah. If anybody needs a tip on how to reserve the ASU ticket, since it's over Thanksgiving break. You should be able to get a ticket. Yeah, you should be able to get it. I got mine like a week ago, which is like pretty late. <laughs> so um, yeah. you go on like where you reserve basketball yeah, let's, tickets. Let's do it one more time just to check, my, yeah, yeah. check myself. So folks, you're going to go to University uh, of Arizona. We, <laughs> we, we have a live uh, <laughs> ticket. Um, just to make sure yeah, yeah. oh I, I could give a quick shout out right now we didn't do it in the beginning of the show if anybody wants to make a call into our show g- give us a comment question anything at all um, make sure to call in the studio we'll put you right on air and the number is 520-621-5806 that's 520-621-5806 if you want to call in the studio and ask um, myself or Eric or both of us um, any questions on any topics at all. We would appreciate it if you, uh, you know, aim your questions to uh, the topic that we're on uh, yeah. right now. So, like, in, like, 30 minutes when we're no longer talking about Arizona football, um, might not be the best idea to ask us a question on Arizona football. But we will um, be talking about some NFL coming up. Week 7 is uh, concluding tonight. Uh, obviously, the World Series is, um, uh, is about to start tomorrow. We'll be uh, diving into that. Um, some NBA basketball talk. There was some snafu um, going down in the uh, L.A. against Houston game that we will dive into. Are, are, are y'all reserved, Eric? Oh, we got look there, right there, is, Brody. Is, Football 2018-2019, Arizona State, quantity love, one. We're here, folks. You'll love to see it. The bag is secure the bag is for secured. Eric Wong. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, please call in um, if you guys have any questions. Or, so is that kind of all, all the talk we've got? For I think so. I mean, uh, folks, the way it's looking is let's just keep hoping for this Territorial Cup win. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, though, that we should clarify. I don't think we should be calling for Kevin Sumlin's head. I don't think people yeah. need to be freaking out over the state of U of A football. I think we take a deep breath. We let Khalil learned the offense better. He's definitely coming back. He's not leaving for the draft now. Yeah. He's still got that one, his senior year, his final year of glory. Go out there, ball out Khalil, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll go from there, you know. Yeah. That's crazy, though. Next year we'll be juniors. That's weird to think That's about. That's so weird. I definitely don't feel like. And, and Kevin, or not, um, Khalil Tate's going to be so much more successful than us. <laughs> when he's, I mean. He's, he's younger than us, right? Like, I don't know. By like a few months or something. I don't know, man. DeAndre Aiden's making millions of dollars, and we're here doing a, a campus radio show. <laughs> So let's talk about that. But uh, anyways, yeah, keep bearing down Wildcats. Yeah. We really got to test that this football season. Mm-hmm. But, you know, our basketball team, I think it almost could be like an opposite thing, right? Like our football team was so highly expected, mm-hmm. finished where we did. Basketball team kind of being slept on. We're not ex- – Oregon expected to do better than us. UCLA is expected mm-hmm. to do better than us. Um, you know, I think maybe keep your eyes out in basketball. See if we make some waves. So, did you fart in here? No, I definitely did not. It, it smells bad. Oh, well, that could just be your mother. Right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, anyways, yeah, moving on. But, yeah, All right, keep bearing down, Wildcats. Football will be brighter on brighter days. Yes, it will be. So moving on to NFL Week 7. Uh, let's run down um, a few scores. What was the big game? Oh, the Browns game was a heartbreaker against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It looked like they've had some close games. They've had like season. five overtime yeah, games. Yeah, it's been wild. Um, they uh, were about, I, I swear they were about to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They went to overtime, mm-hmm. and of course, I think it was a 59-yard field goal yeah. um, that the Tampa Bay kicker made the former um, uh, Cardinals guy. Catanzaro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he he scored. Out of all these all these great NFL kickers, are missing extra points that 
Yeah, uh, Mason Crosby world. almost got kicked off the team. Yeah, exactly. These like twenty nine yard field goals, and then once the Browns face uh, a kicker who is like pretty good and stuff, and he has a fifty nine yard field goal. Of course, um, he makes that to to win it for them in overtime. So yeah, the Browns took like a a three point loss um, against the Bucks. Any any games you want to highlight, Eric? Oh well, you know. Um, I gotta highlight my Colts. Oh, yeah. Absolutely giving the whooping to the oh. Bills, thirty-seven to five. It just shows you what the Colts can grant it to the Bills. But what the Colts do when Andrew Luck's there, when Darius Leonard's there, when T. Y. Hilton's there, we've been playing without some of our best players for the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. So really, when we're all systems go, man, like you're seeing the true firepower of the Colts. So really, mm-hmm. really awesome. Um, and one sad thing, and shout out to my friend Jacob Beach. The Broncos absolutely whooping the Cardinals, forty-five yeah. to ten, and now we're hearing how Patrick Peterson, the Car- Colts, not the Colts, I wish he was on the Colts, uh-huh. the Cardinals star, <clears throat> excuse me, star cornerback, mm-hmm. is desperately demanding a trade. Yep. And I understand he's he's hitting his prime as a cornerback. Um, he's already got his money, but I think yeah. he wants to win now. And so yeah, I'd say uh, he's over the hump. So he's like he wants to grasp the, lo- I, the I, last I season agree. or two of his his peak. Because um, like let's see how old he is. But yeah, like for those of you who know, like cornerback in the NFL, it's a young man's game. You know, yeah. If you're hitting thirty, that's like yeah. you know you're you kind of you can't slow down. No, you're kind of running out of time. So let's give it to go to so Patrick Peterson. He is. Uh, what do you what do you think his age is, Brody? I, I'd say he's like thirty one. Thirty one. I don't think he's that old. I'm gonna say twenty eight. Patrick's been in the league for a while. It feels like what? for for like a good amount of time. He's twenty eight. I was right. Oh shoot! Okay. But still, he's getting up there. Yeah. That's close. He's definitely you know the prime age. Like, if you're drafted in the NFL, twenty one, twenty two, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be hitting your stride as a cornerback. I feel like between twenty five and twenty seven, mm-hmm. twenty four to twenty seven. You know mm-hmm. those three years. So. Made his money, been a great cornerback, but he's only got he's probably only got two or three, maybe four seasons left. So really wants to capitalize. What do you think? What do the Cardinals do? You know, they're a tanking team. They're projected to maybe get the first or second pick in the draft. Yeah, I'd say get rid of him. He he's really demanding. A rumor has it he wants to go to um, New Orleans. He oh. wants to join the Saints, which is and that's the, where he's from. He's from LSU. Yeah, he went yeah. to LSU. W- would not be a bad move considering how red hot uh, the New Orleans Saints are right now. So I say. Cardinals, their season's going nowhere. They're not making the playoffs. May as well get a first round um, pick. Yeah, get some future um, for them in, in you know from in via trade. So mm-hmm. I, I I'd say it would be a smart them. It, it's sad though because Patrick Peterson, obviously Larry Fitzgerald is like the head of state for the yeah, uh, yeah. Arizona Cardinals, but also Patrick Peterson. Oh, he's son. been the number two since he's been there. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, that that'll be a big loss, just like for the franchise, for the few fans that the Arizona Cardinals have. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it would be a smart move for the front office to. I to think do so. That I just move. don't know. Yeah, it's tough, man. But really, really sad to see. You never want to see that, but yeah. you know, hopefully, the Cardinals will be able to bounce back. Mm-hmm. The, um, Los, the Los Angeles Rams are continuing to roll. They're just like blowing out all their opponents yeah. too. Thirty-nine to ten. Have I, they lost yet? Are they still undefeated? Yeah, they're seven and zero. The only undefeated team. Less. I'd put them. Better than the Patriots. I would too. Like if they if they met like power rankings, Patriots. I'd still put number two because yeah. you know they. I couldn't count out Tom Brady's experience though. Still. Yeah, it would be a great game, but the Rams are just rolling yeah. right now. And g- given this last week, it was the 49ers. They are one in six, but man, oh man, Rams I, are on top of it. I'd say this in the regular season if they met, I give it to the Rams, but it, it's Tom playoff Tom Brady. It's um, it's it's too hard to argue with. I, I think. 
I don't. I, I want them to meet up. I they they've got to play. That's going to be a that would great be the game. Super Bowl AFC NFC. Yeah. So I I hope that happens because that would be just like such a great game. I that would. I, I know Tom Brady's greatness, but my goodness, the Rams are rolling. So they are. Uh, tonight it's it's going to be a, a crapshoot between the. Uh, uh, Falcons and the Giants yeah. uh, for Monday Night Football. The Falcons have obviously had a disappointing season. We've discussed the Giants' uh, downfalls. Who, who, it's the Falcons. Well, at here's home. the thing. I'm going to give you kind of a funny uh, conundrum I have here, Brody. Okay. So I am playing your s'mores big Ebby Ramirez. Great yeah. guy. I love Ebby, but he is uh, 94.6. I have 90.1. I still have two to play. I my two players are um, T- Tariq Coleman. Of the Atlanta Falcons mm-hmm. and this Odell Beckham, yeah, and Odell Beckham and Odell Beckham Jr. of the New York Giants. You're gonna win. I mean, I'm, I'm basically. Does he have gonna, anybody left to play? No, he's he's done. So, so I'm literally yeah, four points. Yeah, you're gonna win. Does. Yeah, but um, the game's going on right now. Twelve twenty nine in the first, but uh, exciting stuff out here, folks. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of in that weird fantasy predicament, like. I mean, luckily they're both on offense, so you know I kind of just rooting for both. But yeah, that's just one of those moments as a football fan. It's like. Fantasy adds more interest, you know. Yeah. So you love to see it, but yeah. um, no, that's basically wrapping up some football. Oh, did you hear this though? Amari Cooper, oh yes. going from the Raiders, not official on certain. I mean, uh, to the Cowboys for what sounds like a first round draft pick, mm-hmm. and so the Cowboys, you know, they're three and four. The pick won't be crazy high, mm-hmm. but just more ammo that they could even trade maybe up. Like, hey, here we'll give you two first rounders. Let us get your, you know, top five pick, which yeah. a team might do. Yeah. Right, because in the NFL it's so hard to say because not necessarily a high pick. It's not like the NBA where you know only stars can be found in the first you know five picks, right? Mm-hmm. When do you say in the NFL you can kind of find them? Well, obviously anywhere in the draft. Mm-hmm. So the value of a first round pick is more um, enticing in the NFL as opposed to the NBA. Mm-hmm. So I think I really like even though you know John Gruden hasn't really worked in Oakland. It's kind of sad with it being the Raiders last year that they suck so bad. Yeah. Um. But you know, and they're moving to Vegas. But I really say you know. Um, hopefully, stay a Raiders fans and you know, kind of persevere and push through. Yeah. Because they got a lot of ammunition for the future. Because mm-hmm. then they have two picks in the 2020 draft too. Mm-hmm. So they got a lot of stuff going for them right now. Yeah, I, I'd say this was a great move for the Cowboys. <coughs> Obviously, this year um, they're not doing great at three and four, but Amari Cooper is a premier wide receiver. Yes. I, I know uh, Derek Carr is a, a good quarterback, but I think a change in pace, you know, some more motivation. Obviously, getting. Um, Cowboys fans, obviously the Raiders have a great fan base um, at home, you know, the the black hole, but I don't know, I think being a part of such like a much more mainstream kind of of franchise, uh, somebody to get behind, I think Amari Cooper um, can really adjust to that environment, playing with a great um, running back, so it's not just all on the, and Ezekiel Elliott, so it's not just all on the passing game. All the time, I think Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper could do some big things next year. And maybe um, switch it back to when the Cowboys, um, you know, had that first se- breakout season yes, with yes, um, yes. Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. And they still Prescott. had Des, Des Bryant, too, to help yeah. sort of take off the load. Yeah. I agree, I agree. So that's really interesting to see what's going on there. But, uh, yeah, I think that just about wraps up NFL talks. Is there anything you want to touch on, Brody, lastly? Um, I, well, I guess the only one last thing would be Blake Bortles. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, so they, they lost to the Texans 20-7. Yeah. to seven. To um, quote LeBron James, it's uh, it's about damn time. Yeah, yeah. I am not a Blake Bortles fan. I thought he was a weird pick coming out of, like, what, U- UCF, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when he was in college. And USF. USF, yeah. something like that. Florida something. University yeah. of Blake, Florida. Yeah. Um, and... 
I don't know, man. He's just always had those up and downs, but the way he's been playing, you can't have downs like this. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't been playing well the past few games. So, mm-hmm. you know, the Jaguars still got that great defense. It's kind of sad. You know, they were so dominant mm-hmm. in the uh, AFC last year, but they've kind of definitely looks like they've fallen off. Mm-hmm. So I, I heard this interesting trade. Blake Bortles for Eli Manning. What do you think about that? Ooh. Reuniting Eli Manning with Tom Coughlin, trying to squeeze out, give Eli a great defense, a decent offense, trying to make a run at the like the Super Bowl or whatever mm-hmm. one last time. I could tell you if the Jaguars had Eli Manning instead of Blake Bortles, their record would be better. I don't know if it would just be by one win or two or three, but they, they would have a better record yes. if they had Eli Manning. I, Okay, I'm look at everyone. The big story was Blake Bortles got pulled out, but who they put in? Cody Kessler out mm-hmm. of USC. Yeah. He had a good game. He only missed nine uh, passes because I think he was like the f- they left Blake Bortles in for like two drives. Um, he was six for twelve. He was just like looking terrible. Cody Kessler went twenty one for thirty. He did throw an interception, but you know this was like basically a like premiere. Yeah. Um, in the NFL, so I, I'd say don't count out Cody Kessler, but I would I would support like Blake Bortles yeah. for Eli Manning. That would be a great trade for the Jacksonville I'm a fan, so yeah, keep your eyes on that, folks. But yeah, I think that just about yeah. wraps up NFL talk, Brody. What are we on to next? Yeah, let's uh, let's just dive into the World Series. Oh, the, you love to see yeah, it. Yeah, the the big um, the big series the is big uh, dance. Yeah, the not big, really. Yeah, the big dance. The World uh, Series is what it is. Yeah, yeah, uh, starting um, tomorrow. Um, it's going to be Clayton Kershaw against Chris Sale. Oh, that's a marquee match. That's a duo of aces. Yeah, if, I, if I've seen one. So I think um, first pitch is at 8 p.m. Uh, tomorrow. It's it's going to be a good one. I, I think first game it's – At our, L.A.? Or no, at Boston, wouldn't it be? Uh, or it's I, whoever wins the All-Star game. I don't know who won the All-Star game. Yeah, I honestly couldn't tell you. But um, If it's I, 8 p.m., I assume the L.A. Yeah. So I, I, I'd say Chris Sale – he he's he obviously had like a little bit of struggles in the postseason, but you know made made it through, got him to the World Series. I I Kershaw really needs to. Um, he needs set, to get the monkey off his back. Yeah, he he's got to set the tone uh, this first game of Los Angeles because they're the underdogs. The Red Sox are, um, I'd say, widely favored just because of how dominant of a season they have. they have a better. Yeah, it's um, at Boston. My apologies. Okay, and they have a they have a better um, superstar in Mookie Betts. Uh, ben Attendee has been. Um, uh, killing it. Well, who are you thinking? Just give me your prediction. Well, just as a Giants fan, screw the Dodgers. <laughs> uh, I want to see them lose all the time. And also, actually, the Red Sox are legitimately my AL team. Mm-hmm. So I want the Sox to win. I think legitimately they have, like everyone's been saying, that whoever won the AL was going to win the World Series. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, okay. You know, besides, like here, let me just read off. You know, you got Clayton Kershaw versus Chris Sale, right? That's a great one for the yeah. first game. The second game, though, the Dodgers are putting up Hume Jin Ryu. Really? I thought they were going to put um, Walker Dave- Bueller. Well, they're not because he sucked up that last game. Oh, okay. But then, yeah, against David Price. And, you know, say what you want about David Price, his postseason woes, mm-hmm. but he's still a better pitcher than Hume. Yeah, uh, I mean, don't count out Hume all the way. He, I don't know. I, and I'd say, I don't know, when, when the, yeah, because I'm going to pick the Dodgers. Or no, I mean, I'm going to pick the Red Sox to win. I'm going to pick them to win in five, all right? Yeah. And the Dodgers, I'd say, are a little bit more underrated than, you know, people are just counting them out. But I'd say, you know, like Rich Hill, people will say he's a bad pitcher and stuff like that. He he kind of throws junk. 
but like it's junk that for some reason works. Like yeah. he'll he'll go out and throw throw like seven innings, like a one hitter, yeah. something like that, and he's just throwing like eighty nine mile per hour fastballs down the. Mm-hmm. Who knows like why these players aren't making them? But if he can somehow do that, I say that that'll be the game they win. But tomorrow, I say Chris Sale picks up the win off Kershaw. Yeah. It'll be a close game. And um, so the way it goes is the first two in Boston, next three in L.A., mm-hmm. and then the uh, last two in Boston. So I honestly say uh, if Boston obviously has to win the first two, I think, and maybe they will, put the pressure on the Dodgers 2-0. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'd yeah. love to see this series go back to Boston, mm-hmm. but that would mean it goes at least six games, which mm-hmm. I'm not sure it will. Yeah, I, I say I, I think it will go five games. And yeah. uh, the uh, Red Sox will win. In L.A., I, I say Rich, the, the one that when they get is going to be that first game in L.A., Rich Hill's going to pitch. He's going to throw junky 89-mile-per-hour fastballs, and somehow they're still going to well, uh, beat the rest. The first Sox. game in L.A. is Walker Bueller. Okay. Oh, they already have that set out? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, maybe Walker. I don't know. Maybe he choked. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But. Yeah, we'll see. But I don't, I don't know. I'm just – I hate the Dodgers. Screw the Dodgers. So – I you know the fandom he says Boston in four, mm. but realistically I'll say Boston and I really want them to win it in Boston. So Boston in six. Okay, yeah, that means uh, it, it is always better when the the home team uh, wins the championship. But yeah, I yeah the Red Sox are probably uh, gonna win. It'll be a better there'll there'll be better games than I think people are expecting though. You know. Yeah, yeah. I don't think though. I mean, you know, as much as I hate LA, I don't think they're scrubs either. Like they've yeah. obviously made it to the World Series, mm-hmm. really close. We were 50-50 on our predictions. I thought Boston was going to make it. You didn't, but you thought the Dodgers were when I thought Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So our World Series prediction sort of 50-50 evened out. Yeah. So let's get down to it. I, You know my prediction. I'm saying Boston in six. Who are you saying? I'm saying Boston in five. Boston in five. Okay, yep. wow. It's even more confident. Yep. Who is getting MVP? Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. Not, yeah. not like just the World Series MVP. Yeah. I, I'd say he's going to – or oh, I don't know, Ben Intendi. Yeah. Has been, he has these like weird streaky like yeah, cool Chris good Sale plays. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, I, I don't think a pitcher is going to get it. I, I, I'm, I'll i say Ben Intendi. Okay. That's how you say it, right? Ben, ben, I don't know. Ben, ben Intendi. The left fielder. Because he made that great grab um, to close out the, the – not I think it was game five or something against um, yeah. Houston. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it to Ben Intendi. I'm going to say Mookie Betts, just, you know, he's been the hot young prospect, and now he's just a bona fide star. Mm-hmm. So give it to Mookie Betts, uh, you know, and he's probably unfortunately not going to win. The Brewers guy's probably going to win the MVP for mm-hmm. the whole baseball, but um, Mookie Betts still had a great, great season. I think he deserves at least World Series MVP if they get there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, honestly, and just screw Kershaw, letting him keep – I hope he never wins the World Series. I really do. Really? Just, just because you don't like him that bad? Well, if he goes to a different team. <laughs> if he goes to the Giants and pitches well for the Giants, then heck yeah. But uh, no, I'd say he's he's already a legend. Like, no, he, he hasn't won Jack. But I, he's a legend. He, he, of a, you can't. He's the know. guy who chokes in the playoffs. He's the, who is he? He's the, not the Carl Malone. I mean, but, but. Ted Williams never won a World Series, right? And he. I don't think Ted Williams is a legend. What you're? Stupid. I think he's good. You're, I think you're a, he's you're good. You're a knucklehead. If he's, you don't, a, he's a he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. You need to be a legend. You need to have dominated your well, position. Okay, name a legend. Yeah. Name, name like five legends. Okay, well I can't say Barry Bonds because you know. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. See, you know what I mean. Like, le- yeah. le- legends are individual players. It, I, I know a, a pitcher in um, today's 
um, MLB atmosphere, it's really hard to carry your entire team on your back when you're only yeah, pitching pitch one, game, uh, yeah. one, one game every half. But I will game. say Madison Bumgarner in that 2014 World Series legitimately carried the team. I'd say Madison Bumgarner is not a legend. Whoa, what are you saying, bro? <laughs> Clean the crap out of your ears and your head and your mouth. I, because, well, I mean, who um, didn't, like, Joe Panic win a World Series? Was he on the team? Yeah, Joe Panic's won two, I think. Well, he's not a legend. Well, just because but he won a World Kershaw Series. literally is the greatest postseason pitcher he's n- of all time. Who? What? Did Madison say, Bumgarner. Oh, I thought you said Clayton Kershaw. No, I said oh, Madison Bumgarner. Okay. I don't want to rhyme that bad. Yeah, yeah, Madison <laughs> Bumgarner is the like, greatest oh. postseason pitcher of all time. What he was able to do has never been done and will never be done again to play game one, game four, and then come in game seven as a reliever, but really coming in like the fourth inning and finishing it out. You know, I, I really wish Mariano Rivera. I'm so glad that the Diamondbacks won that um, 01 World Series, but if it wasn't for Mariano Rivera blowing that against Luis Gonzalez, he'd be better postseason pitcher than Madison Bumgarner. But you, you have to admit, Madison Bumgarner, we've never seen a postseason. And just what he did that whole postseason, literally being the Giants' ace, you know, I think. Yeah, it's, it's hard to argue his greatness there, but um, status as a legend is um, not all there. I don't know. I think he still gets in the hall. I think each of those Giants pitchers who pitch for that run gets in the hall. Lincecum for the 2010, Matt Cain for the 2012, Bumgarner for the 2014. I think they all get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll be Hall of Famers for sure. But I don't know the Hall of Fame in in baseball is kind of like. You know, you do something good, you're, you, you get thrown in there. Yeah. Uh, or baseball journalist nerds, and we'll throw in whoever. Yeah. Um, whatever. But, I don't um, know. We got really well off track. But, anyways, bottom line is <laughs> we both think Boston in either five or six games. Yeah. Go Sox. Goes, I'm not going to say that. But, yeah, they're going to win. Um, so, any anything else on the World Series? I feel like we we should have more. We'll have a lot more next week yeah. when they're the, they've actually played. Yeah, we really dove into baseball. That was the most baseball talk we've had. Yeah, it honestly probably is. Should we go to a cut to commercial? I'd I'll, say we do. Okay, I'll give one more shout-out. We haven't gotten a single phone call yet. <laughs> yeah, so, Mom, please call. Yeah, so, if you want to call in. Uh, Why don't my kids call me anymore? Uh, okay. That's like not even. That's not even um, okay to say. Okay. The number is five two zero six two one five eight zero six. If you want to call into the studio and uh, ask us any questions, uh, mention anything to us. That's five two zero six two one five eight zero six. But we will uh, skip to a commercial break uh, right quick here on. Brody and Eric Super Sports Radio Show here on 1570 AM Camp Student Radio. Oh, uh, you're right. I said camp has bangers, by the way. Whether this weekend or any weekend, Dusk Music Festival reminds you to drink responsibly. Never get behind the wheel after even one drink and always plan your ride home in advance of a night out. Dusk, coming up November 10th and 11th at downtown Tucson's Armory Park, has partnered with Sunlink and in partnership with Herbert Residential, the streetcar will be completely free on Saturday and Sunday and running later than usual on Sunday to get to and from this year's festival, which benefits local charity partners like the Children's Museum of Tucson, the nonprofit Historic Rialto Theater, and the Armory Park Neighborhood Association. Brody and Eric, Super Sports Show. (laughs) (laughs) 
Please. Good evening. Stop. Good evening, Wildcats. Um, go, 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 go. <laughs> evening, party people. Are you ready to go? Legend <laughs> crazy on Brody Nerig's Super Sports Show. <laughs> Please stop. I, I don't think um, our two listeners appreciate, yeah. appreciate that. Um, it is 535 on this beautiful uh, Monday afternoon. Welcome back to Brody and Eric's Super Sports Radio Show here on 1570 AM Camp Student Radio. Um, October 22nd, we are um, a few games now, uh, at least each team has played a few games um, in the NBA season. Uh, let's start right in on this drama that, that went down on the court against the Houston, it was the Houston Rockets against the Los Angeles Lakers, um, two teams that made some big offseason moves. Um, Chris Paul, there, there was a snafu. It was right. quite the snafu. It was quite the situation. Some some players were kind of bundled together, and they were, you know, spitting, they're shooting, shooting the wind uh, with each other. And you know, the the referee looking <coughs> back at the replay of this fight breaking out, the referee was so like, like had no idea what was no, going he on. Was he, he, he just like walks up. Gives, um, I think it was Brandon Ingram, the technical foul for, you know, kind of shoving a guy, and he just, like, walks away. Like, he was like, oh, I gave him the technical, that'll, that'll end that'll everything, see, you yeah. know, the, the invisible T is just going to, um, you know. But, no, Rajon Rondo, I think Brandon Ingram, um, you know, got that T for, you know, shoving Chris Paul. Um, uh, LeBron comes, you know, escorts Brandon Ingram away. Chris Paul starts shouting at Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo gets close to him. It's just them two left. And, you know, there's other people nearby, but they're not paying too close attention. You know, they're still kind of having a shouting match or they're getting into more of a shoving. But not not as apparent. It's not very apparent. You know, they're just kind of locked arms. They're just yelling at each other. And then this is where the controversy arises where, um, you know, the the most, you know, most people are talking about Rajon Rondo appears to uh, spit in the face of Chris Paul. Yes. And did, that, you, did you see the replay of that? I have seen the video. It's tough to say, really. Yeah. It's, it, if it was a if it was a spit, it was like a misty one. You yeah, know, it, it, f- it, it wasn't a loogie. He didn't yeah. hawk anything up. It was just like a a straightforward spray yeah. into Chris Paul's face that was very hard for cameras to pick up. But Houston uh, was really trying to get uh, like Rajon Rondo suspended. I don't know what the uh, honestly the the violation is for. Um, it's just, I think, more of a respect thing as a man. Like, yeah. you don't spit in another man's face unless you're, like... Rajon you know, Rondo. Yeah. Who, who's a dirty dog. And I, He's and a I, dirty doggy. I don't know. I don't know what was said. Obviously, there, there's some beef there. But, um, you know, obviously, Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, and LeBron James have kind of a bond that they've formed over the Yeah, the don't forget Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade, just not there. Yeah, he just wasn't present um, at that game. But they're the brotherhood in the NBA. They all want to meet up one day in, the, like, some retirement um you know, stage to to play together, but LeBron comes running over, grabs Rajon, starts yelling at him. You could only picture what the locker that was towards the end of the game. You could only picture what the locker room was like. You you know, you thought um, LeBron was yelling at the Cavs players like Tristan Thompson and Jr. in the locker room, being there like um, you know enforcer in that yeah. locker room. You could only imagine after this, someone like Rajon Rondo, Brandon Ingram, you know, um, you know, disrespecting some of LeBron's best friends. Um, in the NBA like that. Uh, what are your thoughts on this whole situation, Eric? It's just tough. Like, where do your where do your loyalties lie, so yeah. to speak? Um, these are your teammates that you have to play 82 games with, mm-hmm. but these that's like one of your best friends you got to play rest of life with. Yeah. Good analogy there. Good job. <laughs> Good job. Good job. But um, still, nonetheless, really tough call for LeBron. I think he did the right thing. 
He um, separated Chris Paul because, you know, he's Chris Paul's tiny guy. Uh, LeBron James, big man. So separated him, got him out the way. And, uh, you know, was making sure his, one of his good friends wasn't, you know, getting in a physical altercation. But still, really, really quality um, moves by LeBron. And uh, let's talk about some of these suspensions. Now, a lot of people are upset over the suspensions given out. Brandon Ingram got four. Mm-hmm. Rajon Rondo got three. Mm-hmm. And Chris Paul got two. Hmm. Do you agree with those? No, I think Rajon... Considering the spit, um, you know, no matter how justifying, you know, heat of the moment, things can happen. I, I don't say it's the, the most out-of-bounds thing to j- spit on Chris Paul. Um, I, I'd say Ra- Rajon still should have gotten the most. I think he should have gotten, like, five games. Yeah, he should have gotten five, Ingram four, yeah. um, then Chris Paul with two is fine. Well, I think the dilemma is that people are saying Brandon Ingram should have gotten more. Like, he, he threw, like, a serious punch. Yeah, there were punches thrown. We yeah. did um, neglect to, to so, mention that. There, it, it obviously escalated into a full-on brawl after uh, Rajon Rondo spit. And, yeah, Brandon Ingram came running from, like, yeah. ha- half the initial, a quarter The away. initial controversy was with um, Brandon Ingram. Because James Harden uh, yeah. took it to the pen, did James Harden floppy foul thing. Mm-hmm. And he got the foul but didn't get the call. And Brandon Ingram, you know, Normally a pretty mild-mannered, laid-back guy. I don't know mm-hmm. if LeBron's presence is emboldening yeah. him or these other, you know. Yeah. Normally very chill. Exactly. And, like, these other veterans, like Lance Steven, like, are telling, like, yeah. Brandon to be more aggressive, yeah. which I'm a fan of. Yeah. But um, uh, I think Brandon just whatever had kind of enough of it. He was like, James, like, cut your BS and, mm-hmm. like, stop being a, a little kitty cat. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> kind of just pushed James Harden in the back, which was, like, an obvious T. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that was surprising. I didn't watch his game live, but I was like... And then from there, it just kind of started escalating. Funny thing, Lance Stevenson, aggressive Lance Stevenson, was the guy to try to break up the fight. So that's mm-hmm. really interesting. But, uh, yeah. you know, those are the suspensions. They'll move on, you know, early game. The Lakers will still be around, hopefully, a six or a seven seed. And the Rockets are going for that one or two spot. So mm-hmm. we'll have to go and see how that's going to break down. But overall, just exciting stuff. You know, it's like, you know, we don't condone fighting, but... It, it does make I mean, the game you know, more entertain- yeah. entertaining. Yeah, like, like we said last week, half of the NBA is the drama oh, that happens. I think that's why it's um, you know rapidly growing in popularity compared yeah. to um, the NFL. Obviously, there's drama, but it's about them not playing football. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas yeah. in like the NBA, there's like all these scandals and fights and whatever. Yeah. So it, it's really like honestly cool to see. But yeah, the Lakers are haven't won a game yet. I mean, it's only two games in, but they're zero and two with um, LeBron. On yeah. the court, which is a little Well, they concerned. have played the Blazers and the Rockets. Yeah, I know. But, yeah. Like, and those are teams that are expected to, like, I think the callmark of a six of six or a seven or an eight seed, you lose to the people you're supposed to lose to. Mm-hmm. You beat the people you're supposed to beat. And every once in a while, you'll get that upset win. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I, I actually agree with that. So, you know, they lost to people they're supposed to. Like, I don't know who they've got coming up, but... Uh, you know, I think they'll beat the people they're supposed to beat. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll be wa- watching out. They play the Spurs next. Yeah, that, that'll so honestly be a pretty be a good, good match. Yeah, that'll with, be a good one with Demar and um, Lamar. But like Lakers, Suns, even though the Suns are improving, mm-hmm. uh, I still think the Lakers should win that. Nuggets, Lakers will probably, lose. but like a lot of different things to shake up here. But you know, don't panic if you're a Lakers fan. LeBron, you know. If LeBron starts to panic, then you panic. But as yeah. long as that team goes, however LeBron goes, so if LeBron's chilling. Laker fans, you should be chilling. Yeah, I, I don't know if you saw that little clip of LeBron. I think it was their first game. Um, Kyle Kuzma fell on the floor when they were playing the Blazers um, earlier in the game. I think LeBron was mic'd up and he um, uh, wa- walked over and he was like, "Kyle, don't get, don't get up. If you fall down, uh, 
one of your brothers brothers will pick you up or something like that. It was like, it was like a good like leadership moment because yeah. you know it's like don't get a you know your teammates are gonna are here to pull you up like um a good after after a youth group uh, yeah. worship or something. But Seriously. I don't know. It was kind of a heartwarming. It was nice. Um, it's little nice. thing, but um. Also, it was just because it was LeBron, like anyone could have said that. Yeah. Um, the Raptors are undefeated still, 3-0, and on top of the East right now. Hopefully. And they're winning right now at halftime, 62-47 oh, yeah, over the Hornets. Yeah, so you love to see that. Beat the Wizards, the Cavs. You know, beating the Cavs this year isn't um, too impressive. Speaking of beating the Cavs, though, Trey Young, oh. 35, um, had 11 assists. <coughs> Um, I think it was last night. Again. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about uh, taking them over uh, the Hawks, over the uh, over the Cavs. You know, obviously <coughs> the Cavs have a lot lower expectations now that they lost yes. the best player in the world. Um, but nonetheless, very impressive um, second game yeah. from Trey Young. Let me give you some of the stats on these yeah. folks. It was a great game. Trey Young, um, he led the game uh, with 23 points scored mm-hmm. then oh wait no these are these are the points per game for the season hold on my my apologies folks. Yep. but but anyways like that's 23 points per game to start off the season mm-hmm. not, like, that's like pretty solid if you ask me if i if i do say so myself yeah not if i do say so myself <laughs> yeah I, like absolutely not bad at all I, i'm very everyone's saying trey young's gonna be a bust he was just a, a college player that played um kind of a weak schedule but man he is really like i I, I know you you might not be a fan of this comment, but he's really um, showing spurts looking oh, like Steph don't say, Curry. Oh, yes, he looks you like Steph Curry out there. He has that range. And it's not just like, oh, pulling up from anywhere. It's like a, a responsible range. That's you know, it's true. just that he's not afraid if he gets a shot that's, you know, three feet or four feet behind the um, three-point line, he's not going to have to take an extra dribble and take that shot. He, yeah. He'll just catch it where he is, and he will shoot it. He's not taking anything from – um, you know, like the logo or or anything, uh, obviously. But his inside game, his driving game is better. Than you would expect, yeah. Be, a lot better than you'd expect. He's not only shooting. He's very dynamic. And, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm not a fan of him, like, as a player, but I, I just I see big potential. Oh, big potential in Trey Young. I mean, I will say, here's his stat line, folks. 35 points, one turnover. That's impressive. Yep. One steal, 11 assists. So he had a double-double, two rebounds. Uh, perfect from free throw, forty three percent from three. So really efficient. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was a Steph like game, really. One yep. turnover, eleven assists. That's absolutely ridiculous, folks. Yeah. Um, I mean, even like without that many assists, like three turnovers is I feel like the max acceptable amount for a point guard. Three, mm-hmm. like you know, you mess up like one bad pass, maybe a teammate is sort of responsible, and then you just mess up another. But only one turnover. Really impressive. Good showing for Trey Young. I feel like your rookie season, you know, you don't need to be lightening up. Not every rookie is LeBron, you know, is going to take over. But I yeah. feel like if you're a high-profile rookie, you need to have a couple breakout games. Like every five or seven or eight games, you mm-hmm. need to have a breakout one. And so this was Trey Young's, you know. So really putting him on the map. I agree, hitting some great shots. Ding, but... ding, 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 ding. I have a hot take for you. Oh, right you have now. a hot take. Okay. <laughs> looked at the phone. Um, Trey Young is going to lead the Atlanta Hawks to an eight seed in the East. Oh, whoa. whoa. That is a hot take. <laughs> I know, I know. From, oh, I, th- I think they were the worst team in basketball mama. last year. I think they were the worst team in basketball last year. Trey Young, Jeremy Lin is his backup. I think he can learn a lot from a guy like Jeremy Lin. Mm-hmm. Um, has had his ups and downs, obviously, in the NBA. Vince Carter is on the team. He's actually been showing some 
you know, he's had a few good highlights. He obviously isn't the biggest um, efficiency guy. But I think, you know, they're a young team, um, you know, not a spotlight on them whatsoever. They're not dealing with, like, a Dwight Howard or, you know, any type of, like, real yeah. suit. Their biggest spotlight is on Trey Young, Absolutely. and he's used to it in college. Everyone, yeah. You know, he, he uh, was – he was the most covered thing on ESPN other than LeBron James last year. Yeah, that's so and, true. And I'd say Trey Young is going to grasp that motivation. He's going to, you know, use those tools, those um, veteran NBA guys, um, like a, as inspiration, and he's going to go grab an eight seed, barely scrape it out, but get it nonetheless for the Atlanta Hawks by the end of the season. We'll see where they end up. Um, I, I, They're one and two, second in the Southeast Division. Yeah. Better than the Cavs at 0-3. I, I think I, I, that's all I'm saying. Fair that, that's my hot take. That is a hot take. And, you know, what are hot takes if they're just, like, predicted? So good hot take by you, Brody. <laughs> Thank you. Really, really interesting. I've only got two <laughs> minutes left of the show. You oh, want to come do. on over to this This Day in Sports? Yeah, yeah we, we should. Is, is there any other um, – any other N- or NBA stuff? I, I mean, just I some quick U of A review. DeAndre Ayton killed it with his first game. Devin Booker mm-hmm. absolutely went off. But mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton had a respectable, like, 18. He had an 18 and 10 mm-hmm. with, like, six assists. So really, really good-looking look, mm-hmm. uh, game for him. But, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, the the reason I, I really wanted you to <laughs> – the on this day in sports history is not, is not too – Oh, is it a kind of it, – It's kind of a – crappy day so uh, the, the only uh, a personal thing that I, I found uh, Andre Agassi is my favorite tennis player in 2001 um, uh, favorite tennis player of all time Andre Agassi got married to Steffi Graf oh wow so, that is... so congratulations happy anniversary to Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf a few other things outside of sports see I had to go outside oh, of sports man. trust me um, I, I'd let you look but it would be a waste of time oh, because geez. it was literally there was like some like base mid um, like people won the game two of the world series oh, or something um, Good Kid Mad City by Kendrick Lamar was dropped on this day in 2012 <laughs> oh, wow, that's pretty cool actually. yeah yeah that, that's a Grand Theft Auto 3 oh. in 2001 so th- that came out the same um, day that Andre Agassi was was married. That was released on this day in 2001. Oh, I did find one kind of cool um, sports thing. Uh, it's the seventh anniversary of Kirk Cousins' Hail Mary pass when he was on Michigan State. Oh, I do you remember wow, that? Yeah, it was kind of an that. iconic college football the, the past that. decade um, moment. They upset number six Wisconsin when Michigan State was number 16 on literally a last second Hail Mary um, that got tipped into um, the arms of a Michigan State receiver off of a Kirk, Kirk Cousins pass. So that's what happened on this day, yeah. October 22nd in sports history. That's true. I mean, crazy, you know, but hopefully more eventful things. I feel like yeah. October 29th next week, probably with the World Series. Yeah, hopefully so, some spooky things with Halloween. Hopefully thinkings. we're going to have some spooky facts. We'll see. But, yeah, anyway, so thanks for keeping it locked here with us, Wildcats. Yeah. Uh, do you want to close out? Or do you want me to? Yeah, I'll, I'll close out. Thank close you so out. much uh, for tuning into Brody and Eric's Super Sports Radio Show here on 1570 AM. As always, uh, next time we'd really appreciate some phone calls um, if you guys have any uh, comments or questions uh, to ask us. But um, as always, it's been a pleasure, and we are signing off here at 5.50 p.m. on 1570 AM Camp Student Radio.